Well, we're here with Brad Dacus. Brad, thanks for coming into the studio today. We're talking about creating a faith-friendly culture at your company. Brad, you founded Pacific Justice Institute in 1997. That seems like a while ago. You've been defending religious freedom without cost for a long time. You've been heard on radio stations and television stations across the country. Those guys that we all wish we were on their show, O'Reilly, The Today Show, MSNBC, Dateline NBC, CNN. Wow, that's awesome. Way to go. Well, we, we do a lot of work. And uh, last year alone, we handled roughly 4,000 requests for assistance. Oh, my goodness. Defending religious freedom and parents' rights. Uh, so occasionally, the media like to, to pick them up and cover a few. So yeah. we're, very, we're very, very blessed. Sweet. Well, we're here to talk to CEOs, yes. uh, men and women who run companies. And they might be out there listening to us saying, well, I'm really glad I stumbled upon this video podcast because... I feel sort of shackled at my company. I feel like I can't do right. what I want to do. I feel like my faith is for Sunday, but my company is for Monday to Friday, and the two don't meet because I don't want to go to jail. So we're going to talk about Christianity and culture and how we can bridge the gap when right. the culture has parted ways um, with our faith. Does that sound good? That sounds great. How about if we start with um, a little example? Is that okay? Sure. Um, I love what Buck Knives does. There's a big box of this, but I'm going to use this little company. Buck Knives has been making knives since 1902, the best knives in the world. But there's this little thing inside every box, and it's a little piece of paper. You get a Buck Knife. This is what it says. Each knife has to reflect the integrity of management. If sometimes we fail, it's because we're human. If anybody who's reading this is troubled or perplexed and looking for answers, can we invite you to look to God? He loves you. Signed, Chuck Buck, chairman and owner of Buck Knives. And on the bottom, it has a Bible verse, and it says, don't forget, your knife is warrantied forever. Is that okay? Yes. What? It, it is okay. Oh, my gosh. And, in fact, uh, many employers don't realize this, manufacturers don't realize this, uh, that they can manifest their faith as they as they wish on their products. Hmm. Uh, for example, In and Out Burger is okay. another classic example. You'll see a Bible verse on the bottom part of it, you know, their cups, uh -huh. and their materials. You'll see a little Bible verses. Uh, that's totally legal. Uh -huh. uh, another example is a owner of a dairy company, and I was driving on the going up the, the freeway, and I see this large dairy vehicle, and and uh, on there is John three sixteen. Uh, big bold, John three sixteen. Mm -hmm. uh, you know they're protected to do that, uh, mm -hmm. and they don't have to be ashamed of that. Mm -hmm. uh, the bottom line is they can uh, manifest their faith with their products. And by the way, the customer can decide not to buy the product. That's mm -hmm. that's where the issue is. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's so many employers out there who uh, want to to manifest their faith in their products, uh, mm -hmm. and they're they're totally free to do so. Mm -hmm. Do so. I actually, funny story. I had a dentist take out some wisdom teeth when I was real young. And uh, I got a letter from the dentist about a couple weeks later. And it essentially said, I don't think he was trying to be funny, but he was kind of saying, we obviously didn't get a chance to talk when you came in. I was out cold. But it said, I'd like to share the most important thing in my life. And it's my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I thought, Great. holy moly, that is incredible. Is that okay? Yes. It's totally okay. And that's a service industry, mind you. Mm -hmm. uh, many Americans are in service industries. They're not producing products. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's, that's one way that they can manifest their faith uh, in their service, uh, in the service industry. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, uh, they have to be careful not to discriminate against their customers 
uh, because the customers may have a different faith. Or and a, what, is, what or, would that look like if or, you got it wrong? Or a different lifestyle. Well, let's say, for example, uh, they provide something to a customer, and uh, the customer says, well, you know, I have, I have different religious beliefs. And uh, the, the proper way to respond is say, oh, I respect that. And, uh, and they say, well, do you not want to do business with me? No, I totally respect that. And uh, that this is, this is my, my, my faith, and I manifest it in my business. And so they, as long as they're respectful uh -huh. uh, and tolerant of employees or, or customers particularly yeah. who be, believe differently, there's no problem. Uh, if they say, oh, well, you don't believe in what I believe, well, then I'm not going to uh, provide you these services. That's a problem. Uh -huh. That's a real problem. But the reality is, in all the 20-plus the years that I've been in doing this and engaged in defending religious freedom, mm -hmm. we haven't had one single case matter like that. Mm. Uh, Christians want to share their faith. They don't want to build bridges. I mean, mm -hmm. they don't want to blow up bridges. They mm -hmm. want to build bridges. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so that really is not a problem, practically speaking. Great. So what other good ideas might you have seen in the years you've been at this of people who use their company platform as a vehicle to say what they believe? Well, another way is actually uh, serving their community okay. with their employees. Mm. And you're saying, wait a minute, how, how does that work? Well, yeah. a specific example is in Orange County. Uh, there's a company that uh, one day a week, excuse me, one day a month, they have their employees uh, go out and spend time for one day a month uh, serving charities, participating okay. in charities. And mind you, the employer has a right to say, which charities they want their, their employees to participate in. So uh -huh. they can say, look, I want you to, ch to do the Salvation Army, or they can choose uh, two or three charities. Okay. And they can be Christian charities with Christian themes. If an employee, however, says, hey, wait a minute, um, I'm, a, I'm a different faith. I, I, I like what you're trying to do, but this is a, a Christian-based charity. I want to participate. Well, then the employer has a, a, an obligation under Title VII to reasonably accommodate the sincerely held religious beliefs of, of their employees. So okay. they need to say, okay, look, if this violates your faith, no problem. You can stay and, and work in the office and continue your, your regular work. You don't have to participate. Mm -hmm. As long as that accommodation is there, uh, employers mm -hmm. can actually have their employees made available to serve the community in a very positive way. Yeah. I remember back in the days I worked for ServiceMaster, we were $9 billion, and one day every year, 90,000 employees helped clean Ronald McDonald houses. So we cleaned their carpets, cleaned their furniture, washed their windows, cut their grass, killed the pests, polished the leather, polished the brass. So every Ronald McDonald house in America was cleaner the day after we were done. And it didn't have really a stitch of anything to do with faith, but we all did something for the common good. And it was very positive. It was very fun, and the press we got was incredible. It's also great for perspective building. I mean, yeah. some people say, "Well, I, I'm not making up. I'm not. Things aren't going well for me." Well, when they're spending time volunteering with a homeless ministry, um, dealing with people who are really in need, it can be actually a, a morale booster, a, yeah. an appreciation, a gratitude that comes with that that service. Uh, but it doesn't have to stop with the United States, mind you. Legally, an employer can offer to their employees to fund them to go on short-term mission trips to other no countries. No kidding. Now, what does that look like? Well, they team up with a, a short-term uh, mission uh, organization that, uh -huh. that does that. Uh, they make it available to those employees that they want to make it available to. Uh, if employee says, you know what, I don't want to go, I don't want to go down to Guatemala, uh, 
for health reasons or say, say for religious reasons, I don't, I don't believe in this ministry, mm-hmm. fine. But what they'll discover is that many employees, even if they're not a uh, Christian, will take them up on it. Hmm. And it can be very impacting mm-hmm. when they see uh, what the ministry is doing, that they're participating in, but also when they see uh, how their other employees and how the management who are participating, um, how they're participating and why they're participating and opens up dialogue and can be very transformational. Mm. Uh, this is something that is, that is there. We at Pacific Justice too will be happy to work with any employer if they have any questions about implementing any of these things uh, without charge. That's great. So they would just call Pacific Justice Institute. That's right. And uh, talk to you about their question or problem. Right. We actually, have, I think we have a convene uh, employer who takes employees who maybe meet a particular criteria. Uh, that's a performance thing, and maybe not. I can't exactly remember, but they do the free wheelchair mission um, deal. So yes. they're arriving in a foreign country with hundreds of wheelchairs uh, that are made of a garden chair and bicycle tires, and the looks on people's faces uh, when they receive a wheelchair that they were walking or they were dragging themselves along the ground is incredible. Yeah. I mean, what a what a life-changing thing that would be for an employee, whether they were a Christian or not a Christian. Right. Now, many employers, they say, we're going to have to have team building, and we're going to go to this retreat, and uh, and we're going to have motivational speakers. They can do that, and they can have uh, some outside speakers from a Christian worldview perspective uh, as well. But having the employees participate in something that is giving and serving uh, can be incredibly transformational and should definitely be considered by employers, Christian employers across America. Huh. Well, Brad, we want to talk for a minute about the CEO who is running a union shop, or maybe they have partial union shop in City A and a non-union in City B, Uh, but talk to the CEO who's saying, what can I do? I have a union environment. Yeah. Uh, This is a very well-kept secret that is extremely powerful for employers to know who have union shops. Okay. Under Title VII, uh, Section 701J, the courts have held that 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 language requiring reasonable accommodation of employees' uh, religious beliefs or convictions uh, applies to union workers who do not believe in their unions, Hmm. whose union supports perhaps issues, causes, or candidates that violate the conscience or religious beliefs of that union worker. Hmm. Uh, And they're protected, even if they're an atheist, that it violates their values. They're protected to have every single penny of their union dues, not just their membership part, but all of it, including agency fee, fair share dues, all of it, to never go to that union again and instead go to a charity or ministry that's reflective in agreement with their faith. Wow. That's a sort of an explosive thought. Yes. Only one in a thousand union workers are aware of this. Uh, Sometimes when unions unions approach their union, uh, excuse me, sometimes when workers approach their union about it, the union will say, oh, this only applies if you're a Jehovah's Witness or Seventh-day Adventist. Okay. Or you have to have a letter from your pastor saying that your, your, your uh, beliefs uh, of, your, of your church uh, require you not to be a part of the union. Uh-huh. That's baloney. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they do that all the time. Or they'll say, um, you have to choose one of these three charities, that, uh, that, and all three of them violate your, your faith. You can't choose them. No, you can't do that as well. Uh, we at Pacific Justice Institute actually litigated a case where a union tried to say, okay, you can give to Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, or the LGBT Alliance. Wow. Okay. No, that didn't work. So we litigated, we took care of that. They have to allow you to give to at least one charity 
that is in accordance with your faith and beliefs and convictions, not in mm. disagreement with your faith and convictions. Mm. And to make this really easy, Greg, what we did at Pacific Justice Institute is we uh, worked and created a website called ChooseCharity.org. Okay. ChooseCharity.org. They simply go to that website, they answer the questions, and we it's from start to finish, it's taken care of without charge for that worker. And we make it very easy for the worker. Uh, the, our, the attorneys who are set up to work with ChooseCharity.org do all the legal work without charge. We make it very, very easy. Hmm. So if you're a Christian CEO or if you're a Christian employee, you are in a union shop and you're not happy with the fact that your dues are going to the union for whatever reason, go to ChooseCharity.org. It's in the lower thirds of your screen right now. And you can make accommodation to send those dues somewhere else. Right. And here's what an employer specifically can do. Uh, they can actually send a letter to the employees, to all the employees. In fact, they can put it in the, in the paycheck. Or they can send an email out to all the employees explaining to the employee of their rights under Title VII hmm. uh, to be, have their faith reasonably accommodated in this way. And we have the material on our website. Uh, they can use the, some of that, the material on our website uh, it, to formulate that material for that information. We can actually even help compose the letter uh, for them without charge. But uh, this is something that every employer who has a union shop uh, should do to, out of respect for the rights of their employees. If you are a person of faith who leads a company, you want to make sure that you don't get sued. Right. And you want to make sure that if you do, that you win. How right. do you do that? Well, first is an employer needs to have a regular employee review with employees um, every year. Okay. Uh, no matter how large the company is, that's very important. Uh, because if they don't and they end up terminating an employee and that employee has, uh, can, can later come back and say, that I was fired for because of my religion uh, or because of my lifestyle, uh, they disagree with the morals or beliefs of the employer uh, that's otherwise protected. Uh -huh. So it, that's very important. Employee reviews, I can't stress that enough. Second, uh, the employer needs to uh, conduct proper training for religious freedom and harassment in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Employers all the time uh, have such seminars for based on gender, based on race, uh, ethnicity, or orientation, sexual orientation. But they often completely forget to do it for religious tolerance mm -hmm. and harassment in the workplace. Mm -hmm. That is just as, as, uh, just as much a part of the civil rights statutes and discrimination provisions under Title VII as... Uh, as are the other groups, and yet it's ignored. Uh, by providing that kind of training up front, there's a couple of advantages. Number one, uh, the employer is inoculated, if you will. Employees are, in, are inoculated so that when you do engage in religious things in the workplace, uh, they know that this isn't something they can sue an employer about. Mm -hmm. They're already instructed about how these are valid things for employers to do. Yes. The rights of the employer and, and that helps prevent uh, disgruntled employees from taking action and helps them have a greater understanding of why this is valid for a private company. Uh, but second, it helps pr uh, protect the, the employer from uh, lawsuits down the line. Uh, if the empl an employee uh, is, is harassed by, say, a supervisor, uh, allegedly because of their faith or their practice of their faith, mm -hmm. uh, the employer's liability is tremendously limited because they took this preemptive measure mm -hmm. to prevent religious-based discrimination and harassment in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. And then third, an employer needs to take immediate corrective actions when an employee crosses the line with another employee. So let's say you have uh, Joe in the workplace. He's an on-fire Christian. 
uh, and he keeps badgering this other employee who's not a Christian. Mm -hmm. And he talks to that employee and says, hey, um, Jill, you know, do you want to come to this uh, church event? It's really great. Yeah. And, um, and Jill says, no, I'm really not interested. And, and Joe continues. Next week, he brings in the bulletin. That's right. And the next, next week, week, he brings in a video. Yeah, and a gospel tract and yeah. everything else. And it's very clear, um, you know, maybe the first time, you know, there's no reason Joe should know where she's come from. But after a few times of her saying, no, I'm not interested, Joe should get the picture. Right. And he should be respectful of that. Right. And if he's not, and he's continuing to the point where it becomes harassment repeatedly over and over, that employer has an obligation to immediately intervene in the matter mm -hmm. and make it and take corrective measures to make sure that Joe ceases and desists from that what it could be harassment uh, of the other employee. Right. So better in that case, uh, your example was Jill is the person being harassed by Joe, who's the Christian. Better for Jill to know in advance that she can freely and in a welcoming way come to you as the CEO of the company right. or her supervisor rather than go to some lawyer's office right. uh, and say, hey, I want to be begin proceedings against ABC Metal Company. Right, and an yeah. employer should have a process set up right up for the employees so they know what they are to do if they feel that they're suffering from harassment or so, uh, discrimination or something like that. There needs to be a process and usually companies, when they have an HR, that's the process. They should immediately go to HR and, and make that complaint known so that the HR, human resources, and the company can take corrective measures. Hmm. Uh, those are some real basic things that companies can do. And, of course, uh, as a, employers, of course, need to be right up front in the hiring of the employee uh, of the Christian nature of the company. So the employee has a, a clear understanding right up front uh, of what they're getting into, uh, as well as the employer's commitment uh, not to discriminate or harass employees because of their faith or uh, ethnicity, gender, or, or any other uh, protected group uh, that uh, they may be a part of. Well, can we talk a little bit about hiring? Yes. I think this is a, an area that is maybe fraught with even more fear on the part of some CEOs. So some some companies might want to hire people who have a faith position equal to theirs. Is that okay? Some uh, CEOs might not need or want to hire someone whose faith is aligned with theirs. What are some of the do's and don'ts here in this arena of hiring? Well, uh, for-profit businesses um, are uh, particularly bound, whether they're Christian or not, uh, to the discrimination statutes and laws, mm -hmm. uh, in, in both in terms of nationally as well as in, in various states. Uh, states, for example, like California, is broader than the national discrimination statutes, dealing with sexual, orienta sexual orientation, uh, transgender status, and, uh, and a number of different areas. And so it's important for employers to be aware of these discrimination laws and be upfront with their commitment to abide by those, not mm -hmm. to discriminate. Uh, based on all these different categories, including religion. Yes. That's what the law is. That's what's required by the law. Uh, that said, uh, that, uh, and then this needs to be made available up front in the interview process as well, uh, that they don't discriminate. Uh, that said, uh, they can ask uh, questions that can be very helpful to making sure that the employer is compatible. For example, uh, questions specifically dealing with the, the function of the job. Of course, that's, if it, it, that's uh, very important. And, and their ability to do the job, uh, that's a given. But they can also go into questions that reveal character. Mm -hmm. uh, many employers don't even go this, this in this area, but it's, it's so important in the long term for any company, whether they're Christian or not, uh, and yet it's, it's, uh, it's legal. For example, 
Uh, one of the questions that I've used before, and of course if there's someone uh, watching this they're going to be interviewing for a position of ours, okay, they, they've got the insider they this. they got the insider track. Insider track. So, uh, but the question I like to ask is, I say, you know, if, um, if I'm in the office, I'm busy, I don't want to be bothered, and someone comes in or calls in, do um, you have any problem telling them that I'm not here? Eight out of ten, nine out of ten times in, in the interview process, they will say the wrong answer. They will say, it's no problem. Uh -huh. I have no problem saying that. Yeah, no problem at all. That tells me that they flunked the character question huh. test. Wow. Because the proper answer is, and the professional answer is, I, I can say that he, you're not available, and I can take a message and have, have them get, you know, come back at another time or something like that. That's the, the correct answer. Right. So that... Not to say that Brad oh, yeah, yeah, Brad's seems gone. to have disappeared for the moment, even though I'm looking right at him. Yeah, exactly. You say, say I'm sorry, Brad's not available right now uh, to take calls, but he's, he, I'd be happy to take questions. But to say, oh, yeah, I have no problem saying you're not here, mm -hmm. that's a statement of character. Because if they're going to lie to that potential customer, whoever that is, yeah. that vendor, then they're also willing to lie to me okay. or to the supervi their supervisor. Uh, that's a very basic question. What's also important, though, is for the employer to be upfront about their Christianity and the Christian Christianity of their business. Mm. This is where many employers they don't get it. They, they they think they have to hide it in the interview process. That's the worst thing to do. Instead, you want to be upfront and say, "I want you to know uh, we are a Christian-based company. Mm -hmm. This is our mission." And then the, read the, the mission statement that's reflective of, the, of your faith, mm -hmm. preferably, hopefully. And this is a for-profit company you're talking about. This is about a for-profit company. It's there to make money. There to make money. It has, whatever, 500 employees. Right. And uh, you say, we are a Christian-based company. And you can say, and here's what, we, here's what I mean by that. Okay. And I, so you want to go and explain it. Say, here's our mission statement. If the mission mm -hmm. statement's reflective of their faith, say it. If your policies are, say it. Um, if you have Christian music, say we have, we have Christian music in this office. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, Christian verses on the wall. Uh, we have Christian policies. Be right up front. And then you want to say, make it really clear, you say, look, now, I'm not going to ask you about your faith. That would not be appropriate. And it's not. Mm -hmm. You're not to ask them about their faith. Uh, but, you, but, you, but what you then say is, however, uh, I do want to know if you would feel comfortable, though, working for a company like ours. Hmm. And the response is very important because yeah. you're, you're not going to have many people say, oh, no, I wouldn't be comfortable at all. This is a terrible company, uh, and yeah. I want to get the job so I can sue you. The, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get that. And or with less Machiavellian uh, desire on the part of the interviewee, they just kind of would love to work somewhere because they're looking. So yeah. they're going to give you a fairly innocuous answer. Right. And, and, and so you, you watch their response both verbally and their body language. For example, uh, I've seen it before where they'll say, um, yeah, uh, that's, yeah, no problem, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're shaking their head no, but they're saying yes. And they, they, they can't. So body language is very important. Um, how they, their posture, um, their frown. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I could, I could do that, yeah. Or hesitation mm -hmm. and their voice tension and stress in their voice. Uh, not that you're trying to say, are they a Christian? That's not the question. That's right. legally cannot right. be the question. But do, would they feel comfortable working in, for this company? Got it. And you want to be very careful, once again, that you don't discriminate and you're very accommodative people of different beliefs. Mm -hmm. That needs to be right up front, but asking those kinds of questions and then using the pause 
uh, I think is very valuable after that question. Hmm. Use the pause. So you don't let them get off with just a quick yes or no. You want them to explain. So you ask the question, they may say, say, sure, that's, that's no problem. Wow. And you use the pause, and that communicates to them that you want more explanation. You want more answer. Yeah. So if it's not clear with a quick yes or you know, then then have give them a put in position to to explain that. And if they want to be open about their faith, that's up to them. That's their freedom. Right. But it's real. You want to make it real clear that that's not what you're asking, and that's uh, that's not required. Right. Right. And that's that. That can be very helpful right up front to make sure you've got employees who do feel comfortable. There's there's non-believing employees who will feel very comfortable working for a Christian company. So we should never assume that non-believers would uh, would feel uncomfortable. Well, I would imagine that if we go to a higher level of value set for a minute, if uh, I like to say that when we woke up on Monday morning, most of the world is at work. They're not in church. And Monday to Friday, they're at your company. So 40 hours a week, the world is mostly at work. Right. In fact, if we try to hire everybody who's Christian, there's nobody to influence. Right. Uh, you know that old uh, little ditty that we used to do as kids, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door, see all the people. The fact of the matter is we open the door now and there's not very many people at church. It's on the decline, but everybody's still at work. And so I would love to think that our uh, CEOs, men and women across America who are leading companies, would say, I want my business to be a vehicle that God can use. And not just to make life happy and safe for Christians, but to be a place that we would actually maybe intentionally hire people that didn't have the same faith as us so that we have somebody to influence. Right. In a, in a very positive, constructive, legal way. Yes. The, I stress legal. Legal way. In, <laughs> in a, a legal, legal way. way. As in an a, attorney. In a way that would keep you from calling Pacific right. Justice Institute for free legal right. advice. But let me just throw this out. Let me just say... Uh, I remember once I had uh, someone contact us, and they were saying all that they were doing. And at the end, I said, okay, here's how you're violating the law. And yet they were so effective in evangelism with mm -hmm. what they were doing. I said, now that said, count the cost. I'm not saying don't do it. Yeah. Count the cost. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, while God wants us to be wise and discerning with regards to our rights and the law, at the end of the day, we need to follow the leading of the Lord and be willing to pay the price. And if that price, as laws are changed down the road, may become higher and higher that we may need to have to, to, to pay if we're going to be true followers of Jesus Christ. Right. I think that's very important. Well, let's uh, sort of take a different tact on this for a second. So we hired somebody who uh, was not someone of our faith, right. which is fine, might be even a goal. And as that employee-employer relationship uh, progresses they kind of are more open about the fact that they are a very different lifestyle than ours. Right. Uh, and they begin to do things that might even offend us in our own workplace. So maybe they are part of the LGBTQ crowd or what, whatever they are, they are completely different than what we're trying to espouse. Right. Now, what are our alternatives under the law? Right. Well, let me just first say the law is changing in this area mm -hmm. as we speak. Uh, when it comes to discrimination based on uh, sexual orientation, same-sex marriage, uh, transgender status. Mm -hmm. uh, so employers, I encourage them to contact us for an update. Uh, but I can say, generally speaking, 
uh, the first step employees need to take is to recognize, as, as far as is attitude, mm-hmm. is have the proper attitude. Uh, demonstrate to that employee uh, the same kind of unconditional love, grace, and respect that God gave us uh, when we were non-believers mm-hmm. and non-followers of Christ. God took each of us right where we were, and we need to show that love and respect and grace to them right where they are. Um, oftentimes, people are hurting um, when they're in, in uh, doing things that are that are uh, God's word says they shouldn't be doing. There's mm-hmm. pain. There's consequence. They're mm-hmm. going through that. We need to have hearts of grace and, and compassion for them in a respectful manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it can be really t- very taxing. It can be uh, very arbit- uh, very uh, problematic, particularly when that employee is very openly demonstrative and advocating, uh, maybe argumentative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where the employer uh, needs to be able to, to step in and say, look, um, I respect you and your personal beliefs and your perspectives, um, but uh, arguing uh, with employees about your perspective or um, uh, asserting things uh, in, this, in this matter to other employees um, is uh, harassing in nature, can, and I need, I need you to, to cease and desist from this conduct mm-hmm. or from saying these things mm-hmm. to other employees uh, that uh, they are finding um, offensive uh, and, uh, and uh, making work, work difficult. Uh, you want to be very, very, very careful with, with regards to this because um, what you say can be used against you mm-hmm. in alleging that you are hostile mm-hmm. and intolerant and, and harassing the employee. So it's a, it's a very sensitive, uh, sensitive area. The employers also need to uh, state real clearly in employee review uh, what, what an employee is doing that is acceptable and what they're doing that is not acceptable. No matter how large the company or business, this mm-hmm. is critical. Because if they don't have a written record of why they're letting go an employee, the assumption is going to be that it's because the employee revealed that they're a part of a protected group or a protected class. Right, right. And that can be very problematic. Okay. Well, let's do one more thing. There's an organization that you and I are raving fans of. It's marketplace chaplains and corporate chaplains, these people who do incredible work. And I like to say most org charts do not have a box on them for vice president spirituality or uh, chief chaplain officer or whatever we want to call it. This this role usually falls to the staff members that are the leadership. So when an employee has a death in the family, uh, a situation with a family member who's in trouble, a depression moment, those moments of counsel usually end up at a rank and file uh, person's desk. It's the vice president of whomever is in charge of them, the sales person, the operating person, the finance person, and we become counselor. Talk about what could be different if we had a, a chaplain in our uh, organization that was kind of paid on an outside contractor type basis. Yeah, I am 100% supportive of the concept of marketplace chaplains uh, coming into businesses, large and small. You don't have to be a large company to have a, a chaplain come in. And uh, it has practical advantages uh, because employees can be open, mm-hmm. uh, more open they could, say, if the, the Bible study was being head up by the, the, the president of the company, um, the challenges and struggles they're going through. Uh, you want them to, to be ministered to. And to be ministered to, they need to be open. Hmm. Second is legally. Uh, it creates a healthy firewall uh, between uh, the, the ministry, ministering to the employee, and the company. For example, uh, 
uh, let's say that uh, an employee is struggling with, uh, say, same-sex attraction. Mm-hmm. Say that's something they're struggling with. And, um, and they share it with uh, the, the, the chaplain. Uh, there's a confidentiality there. Mm-hmm. So if it turns out that the employee is, is terminated, say, two days later, for different reasons, mm-hmm. um, there, there's a protection there from his with regard to a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that firewall, instead, let's say he shares it with uh, the senior vice president who's, who's leading up the, the Bible study, mm-hmm. and Ooh. he shares this, and two days later, that employee is terminated for legitimate reasons. Yes. There's a, there's a lawsuit right there. Right. And the presumption of those who will be uh, residing over the matter in, in a court of law uh, will likely lean in favor of the employee yeah. because of the presumption. Well, I am uh, um, able, because of the reports that I get, to know that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of visits that marketplace chaplains have with the 40-some thousand employees of Convene. Not all 40,000 employees uh, that are part of Convene CEO uh, upline type things use marketplace chaplains, but even just the few that do, there's thousands of touch points, and they're usually family-related matters, right? Right. My mother, my father, my daughter, my son, my cousin, something bad happened, and it's a place to talk. Yeah, it is is so practical. It's, It's right there. Frankly, I... There, I don't see any reason, any real legitimate reason, why a company should not be working with marketplace ministries. Yeah, I don't either. I, I, I I don't it, either. it makes no sense to me at yeah. all. From a, a legal perspective, from a ministry perspective, if that company, if your company is one you've truly given to the Lord, not just in talk, mm-hmm. but in your heart, truly given to the Lord, this is a no-brainer yeah. for and, ministry and evangelism. And if, if you just look at it from a financial perspective, you could spend fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 on a chief right. spirituality officer, or you could spend five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 on an outsourced person. It's kind of, right. as we say in California, there's that commercial, it's the biggest no-brainer in the history of mankind. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But also, I think it's important to realize the breadth of ministry that comes through this. Um, for example, you could have a uh, the Truth Project brought in mm-hmm. um, through um, through a, like a, a Bible study they they have, but they can bring in the Truth Project, uh, which brings in apologetics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can bring in uh, outside motivational speakers into mm-hmm. your company. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can bring in mops, mothers of preschoolers. We work with a company that brought in this ministry, which showed compassion for mothers who have preschoolers, um, and yet also give opportunities to minister to them. Uh, and when you bring in these outside sources, it shows compassion. That compassion increases employee morale, employee loyalty, reduces turnover. If you are an atheist and want nothing to do, do not believe in Christianity, these are fundamental things that you should do if you simply just want to increase um, morale, lower turnover, and in the end, increase profits. Great. Thanks. Well, there's a little tool that we want to offer to people who are listening. And we have a way for them to get it. You're going to see in the lower third, so you can hold that up, Faith in the Workplace, right. a free gift from Pacific Justice Institute and us at Convene. So they're going to see in the lower thirds of their video screen how right to get that. Right. And we just would love to offer a more detailed subset of all the things we've talked about that people yes. can get for free. And um, I think we shook hands on the fact that you would be part of our speaker bureau so people will be seeing you on the speaker bureau and available to come to speak to convene groups that's very exciting and so brad i just want to say thank you for what you've you've been doing since 1997 defending religious freedom without cost and i think today that we have helped hundreds of ceos to understand that they actually can do more 
than they thought they could about sharing their, not necessarily just sharing their faith overtly, but being who they really are Monday to Friday right. instead of kind of putting it on disguise mode until Sunday. So thanks for coming in. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you.